And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that, that, that Sarah prayed there because that song, that la- I think we just go home after that song, how amazing that song. That song was bringing me to tears. That's actually what we're going to be talking about today. But I want to welcome you to our, our Timeless series. We're on week two of our Timeless series. We're, we're learning that in a trendy world, the best things in life are timeless. And it was unfortunate that last week we were having some issues with our screen. Our technology wasn't working. And, and Pastor Monty actually had this great, great photo he was going to show us, but we couldn't see it. And I'm bummed that he's not here to see it as well, but he's already seen it because it's him. But let's go ahead and get that, that picture that Monty was going to show to us real quick here. Yeah, that is truly amazing. There's some trends, some things should not have happened. And this is a lesson, like this is not what we're talking about today, but this is a lesson that your decisions today impact a generation, all right? Because t- take a look at this next picture, right? Because of Monty's decision, I don't know if you can see, there's a more, the next one shows a little bit better, so that's me. Um, but So Monty's decision to get a, have a mullet impacted the next generation. So I blame Monty for this. I blame my parents for this. And, I, you know, here's the thing. is, So I had no choice in that. So, but I was so distraught by that. I was so discouraged and upset about that. I did this to myself. This is called the undercut. I'm not sure if anybody else experienced the undercut. I didn't want the party in back anymore. I wanted that party off my head. Um, so I had that. And then, you know, trends. And after that, I decided to go a little highlight. So I put some highlights in my hair. But, you know, I had... I had all kinds of fun things happening. That's my grandpa. He's an amazing man. I'm thankful for him. But, you know, trends come and go. But once again, the best things in life are timeless. And last week, Pastor Monty did an amazing job. It was so good. And if you missed it, go online and check it out. Because last week we learned that if you understand eternity, your life will change. The way you live will change. And understanding that changed my life several years ago. Like, you're looking at me today, like, I should not be up here. I'm not qualified to be up here. I'm not good enough to be up here. But God is so good. Like, 10 years ago, if someone had told me, hey, Casey, you're gonna be on this stage, you're gonna be speaking to these people in Omaha, Nebraska, like, I would have looked at them in the face, gave them a high five and laughed at them and told them, hey, get out of here, because that's nowhere near where my life was at. You see, my life, my priorities were completely jacked up because my life was all about me. That's the only thing I cared about. It was all about me, and my priorities are messed up. I didn't understand that first things need to be first. So go ahead and turn to someone and say, first things first. First things first. That's what we're talking about today is first things first. And it took me so long to understand that first things need to be first. It wasn't Casey needs to be first. That's how I lived most of my life. But, but growing up, I went to church. You know, I went to church, went to Sunday school, was confirmed. You know, we, we would pray. You know, God was a part of my life when I first grew up. But then as I got older, things started to change. One of the main priorities that all of a sudden slipped into my life was sports. I love sports. I'm also from a small town from Scotland, uh, Scotland, South Dakota, and it's a tiny town. If you're from a small town, you just know that uh, you played sports all year round. So like, you played football, basketball, track, baseball. Like, if you were able, meaning if you could walk and chew gum, able, you were on the sports team. Funny story about that. I was walking up a hill with my hands in my pocket, chewing some gum, and I don't know what happened. I was in elementary, and I tripped and face-planted right on the gravel road and cut up my face and nose. But thankfully, after elementary school, I got a little more coordinated. I was actually pretty decent at sports. But that's what I did. Sports all of a sudden started consuming my time. So sports happened. As I got a little bit older, all of a sudden, girls started joining the mix, less and less time. 
After that, I, I, I started working. I grew up on a farm, so I did all the fun stuff like bottle-fed calves, you know, picked rocks, amazing, fun times, right? I, I did tassels. Anybody here ever did tassel? Oh, yeah. That was truly amazing. You wake up super early. You go in the field, super wet. You get muddy. Throughout the day, you would dry, so you're, you're just dry, wet, cut up. You'd go home and go to bed, and all you could see is corn. Like, truly, just the best job ever. It was amazing to tasseling. But then after I did tassel, then I'll, I started working at the grocery store. So sports, girls, job, and as I got older, parties, the weekend party scene. Then all of a sudden, this whole God thing was nowhere any part of my life, especially as I got through college got my first job, I became what was known as a, a Christmas, Christmas Easter churchgoer, if even that. So I pushed God out of my life. My priorities, were, like I said, were messed up. But it wasn't just in my things and the, the, the time that I spent, but it's also a part of my finances. I worked all throughout high school and college. I have no idea what I did with that money. Like, no idea. Like, I'm not sure if I just cashed my check and just threw it out the window. I have no idea what I did with it. Because um, I, I had no priorities in my finances either. Especially when I got to my first job at Wells Fargo, I got paid decently, but once again, all of a sudden you got your rent, your student loans, maybe a credit card, restaurants, AKA bar tabs. All of a sudden, you're just waiting for the next check because you're living paycheck to paycheck. Because once again, first things first, I had no clue how my priority should be. And that's what we're talking about today. And maybe, maybe that's you. Like maybe you grew up in church. Maybe God was a part of your life. Now all of a sudden, things have got busy. You have a family now. All of a sudden, now your, 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 your other things are taking your time. And maybe the same thing is with your finances as well. Like if you're like me, it, it was all about me. 100% consumption, paycheck to paycheck. It was all about what can I get? What can I buy? What can I spend my money on? And then you, you, you sit there and you hear like, we talk about, hey, you should be giving. You should be giving. Like how can I give? I can't even pay my own bills. Like the check is already spent. Not even the check, maybe 110 110% of my check is spent. Like, what then? Like, maybe if you're like me, once again, I'd understand the first things first. And it wasn't until I understood this that my life completely changed. That when God is first in your life, everything else will be in order. When God is first in your life, everything else will be in order. But when God's not first, everything is out of order. My life for so many years was so out of order. Once again, because I was putting myself first. It was what I wanted to do, what I was going to do with my life. So putting God first changes everything. It has drastically changed my life. My life was so out of order because I was not putting God first. I was putting myself first. But you need to understand that. It's easy to do, right? It's easy. It's like when you go to the beach and you're swimming in the ocean, and all of a sudden, an hour goes by, all of a sudden you've drifted so far away, you forgot where you started. That was my life drifting away from what mattered most. But we're not alone in this. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out of your mobile apps. Like This is the whole Old Testament of God sending prophets to his people, saying, hey, return back to me. You have gone astray. You've gone away from me. Like, this is the whole thing. That's what the prophets did. And we're going to go to Malachi. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Malachi. And Malachi actually means my messenger. Malachi, my messenger. So God would use messengers to go to his people, the Israelites, and say, return to me. All right, return to me. You've gone adrift. You've gone away from me. 
And this is a point in time throughout the whole Old Testament where God's people need to be reminded about first things first. That when God is first, everything else is in order. But when God is not first, everything is out of order. And chaos happens. So here we go. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to verse 6 in chapter 3. And it says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. So for the descendants of Jacob, that's good news, right? Because if God did change, if you could read that, that means they would probably be destroyed. So that's good news that God does not change. But ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Time and time again, they've turned away from God. And God says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. So God is actually pleading with his people, hey, come back to me. You've gone astray. Come back to me. But it's interesting, just like my son, when I said, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Or when my son gets in trouble, he'll like ask a question. What are you talking about? What did I do? Or like maybe when his hand's in the cookie jar, I'm like, hey, get your hand out of there. My hand's not in the cookie jar. I'm like, what? I just saw you in the cookie jar. But, but the Israelites responded, but you ask, how are we to return? Like, what do you mean we've left you? Return? Where did we go? Like he's, the Israelites are asking this question, but where did we go? What happened? Didn't even notice it. God responds, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. And once again, the Israelites ask the question, like, what are you talking about? But yes, how are we robbing you? How are we robbing you, God? What are you talking about? And God says, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation. Because you are robbing me, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So just like me and maybe just like you, the Israelites, their priorities were messed up. God was no longer a priority in their life, in their finances. Like God said, hey, return the whole tithe to the storehouse. Because once again, when God's not first, everything is out of order. But when God is first, everything is in order. And this is the Israelites need to be reminded. Like I think we need to be reminded of this as well today. And this may be a, a good place to maybe describe a couple words here. A couple words that you maybe not be familiar with. Maybe I, growing up, we never talked about What's a tithe? What's, what's the storehouse? What are these things and why, do we, why does it matter? So simply put, tithing is returning the first 10% of your income to God's church. Tithing is simply returning the first 10% of your income to the local church. Leviticus 27.30 says, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. So Malachi 3 verse 10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring the whole tithe, the whole 10%. And the storehouse, the storehouse is simply the local church. Bring the whole tithe, the 10%, to the local church. But, but remember what God said in Malachi, though. He said, bring the tithe and offering. So what, what does he mean by the offering? So the tithe is the 10%. Offering is simply anything above and beyond that 10%. So the Israelites were robbing God of not just a tithe, but the offering. They wouldn't bring the whole tithe and the offerings to the local church. And I don't know about you, but I'm uh, just curious about what the Israelites were thinking in this point in time. Curious of maybe what was maybe causing the Israelites to not bring the whole tithe to the local church. But if you're like me, I'm, I'm thinking, if I only had more money, 
I would give more. I don't know about you, but if I only had more money, I would definitely give more. The great prophet P. Diddy says, more money, more giving. Is that, is that, maybe he didn't quite say it that way, but, but that, I think that's what we think, though, more money, more giving, right? But, but I'm here to say that there's, our research was done, and I just want, there's some numbers I'm going to put up on the screen. So these are income levels, 25,000 all the way to 200,000 plus. If that's you that make 200,000 plus in a year, come talk to me. I'd love to hang out with you sometime and learn from you. Um, but, but here's the thing. Check this out. So they did research of saying, hey, of your income, of your annual income, how much did you actually give back to God? And if, you, if it's up there yet, maybe it's not, but 25,000, if we had 25,000 a year, they gave 7.7%. Research shows that 25,000, they gave 7.7%. That's $1,925. If you go down the list, you will see that even though they had more money, they were not giving more. The, the people that made, made $50,000 gave 4.8%, $2,400. Just a little bit more than the people made 25000 And as you can see, it got less and less and less. The more people made, the less they give. So P. Diddy was actually right. It's not more money, more giving. It's actually more money, more problems. And so I wonder why that is. Why is it that the more money you make, the less you actually give? Like, I wonder what that is. And maybe you're like me. Ask that question. Like, why is that? Why is it the more money I make, the less I give? And a quick, uh, maybe I can answer that with a quick question. Who here likes leftovers? Anybody like leftovers? Like, I'm a huge fan of leftovers. Like, make a big meal on Monday. I can eat that thing the rest of the week. It's amazing. No, don't want to prepare anything. Just throw it in the microwave. It's good to go. My wife does not like leftovers, which is good for me because if we go out to eat, there's always going to be leftovers, and I get that the next day. It's truly amazing. It's a great gift for me. I love having leftovers. But you need to know this. When it comes to God, he's not a fan of leftovers. God is not a fan of our leftovers. I'm going to invite, I have a couple people, I'm bringing this table up here. I'm going to show an illustration about this, of what this maybe leftover giving, that maybe this more money, more problems, how this may happen and how we get to the point. We had to cover it because this is, this is cheesecake, right? Like I knew if you guys knew that cheesecake was up here, Everyone would be sitting up front, right? Every, you would not be in the back row back there. If you knew that was cheesecake, you would be all the way up front. And plus, this morning, the worship team, they were all over this. They were like eyeballing it. They were all about checking it out. Now I won't be able to get the cases open. Bear with me. Yes. Cheesecake. Oh, man, just smelling it is truly amazing. But, but here's the deal. So, leftover giving, how does this happen? How do we not push, put push first things first? How do we get to the point where all of a sudden we're giving God our leftovers in our life? And it goes like this. I don't know about you, but, you know, who do you usually pay first? More than likely, it's, it's your mortgage or your rent. And, you know, we, you know, we have to keep up with the Joneses. So, it's not just, you know, 10% of our income typically. It's, you know, maybe our mortgage is about, you know, 20%, maybe even 30%. Because, you know, obviously the Joneses have a bigger house, so... I mean, we should probably get a bigger house too, right? We deserve it. We, we deserve a bigger house. So, so maybe 30% of our income goes to the mortgage. After that, then maybe, hey, you know, you got to have a car. A, a car that's nice, that works, that runs. 
and ooh, one-handed serving cheesecake. We'll see how this works. But then not only that, I have education, so I have student loans. So here we go again, another slice of cheesecake. Struggle is real. <laughs> and you got to know, we were trying to use a, a, a wireless one. It wasn't working, so that's not my fault. I promise. No. So we got the mortgage, we got the student loans, we got the car payment. Of course, we got some credit card to pay, other bills, utilities. And we get to the utilities, what else? We got, we got you know, insurance. I can't, can't go without insurance. You, know, you need a cell phone, don't you? Right? You need to have a cell phone. Entertainment, subscriptions, you know, Netflix, all those fun things. Another slice of the pie goes, and all of a sudden we get out to the last 10%. And of course, you know, it's winter, it's snowing out. I need new tires. So we, maybe we'll take a little bit more of that and you know, throw that there. And also we get, you know, a couple other things come up. Put that there. And all of a sudden, here we are with these leftovers. And this is what we give God. So when we don't prioritize our money, if we don't prioritize our lives, all of a sudden God ends up with the leftovers. And that, my friends, is leftover giving. That's why I contend that that more money, more problems. The more money you make, the less you give because all of a sudden you're trusting your finances more than you trust God. Like God takes your, the back seat to your finances even though he's the one that provides you of those things. All of a sudden, God takes a back seat and all of a sudden, here we are with debt up to our eyeballs because, once again, first things aren't first that we don't put God first in our life and our priorities are out of order that chaos assumes. But what if we reverse that? What if we change that? And what if we did something differently? And what if we did what God teaches us to do, like what he was teaching the Israelites to do, to pay, hey, return to me, put me first in your life, put me first in your finances. I contend that it's, this is not about money. Like if you came here, oh, oh great, you saw the notes, they're talking about tithing, they're talking about money. I hope you leave here knowing this is not about money. That's the last thing we want you to leave here doing. If, if you leave this place thinking this is about money, I failed and I'm sorry. This is not about your money. God does not care about your money. He cares about your faith and if you're gonna trust him or not with it. He is so good. And so if you look at this, and if you hear what he says in Malachi 3, to return to God, to put him first in all that you do, all of a sudden what happens is, not just how we deal with our finances change, how we live our life change. When God is first, you're living and you're giving changes. You're living and you're giving change when you start putting him first. So here we go, we, we, we give God first, we give God the tithe. And you might ask, why, why not pay your mortgage first? Why would you start with the tithe? Why would you give to God first? So we just read that. God said, hey, give to me first and I'll bless you. Give to me first, put me first. I don't know about you, but my mortgage company, Wells Fargo, never called me once. Said, hey, pay us first. I'll bless the rest of it, that's fine, right? No, what my mortgage company says is, hey, if you don't pay, I'll show you who actually owns your house, right? Like the, the mortgage company has not the power to bless your finances, but God is able to. Like God is able to bless your finances. Your mortgage company cannot. So then all of a sudden, we start putting God first in our life. We start seeing things differently. All of a sudden, we don't need maybe that 
30% of our income going to our mortgage. Maybe it is only a 20%. Maybe we are able to downgrade a little bit. We don't care about keeping up the Joneses anymore. Like, and because we start putting God first, all of a sudden we start putting his principles in place. All of a sudden we pay down our debt. Maybe that's something that you need to do as going to financial peace so you could get rid of that debt. But all of a sudden, like I said, when you put God first, you're living and you're giving changes. Now all of a sudden, we're not living with all this debt. Instead, we're living within our means. So we're able to maybe have a 20% of our income going to a mortgage. And then from there, you know, maybe, maybe a crazy thought. Instead of consuming all of our income, we're able to save 10% of our income. How awesome would that be? If instead of having all of our money going to someone else, we're actually able to keep it and invest it and save it. So then all of a sudden, we're able to, to save 10% of our income. And then from there, you know, insurance, the same bills that we have, but we no longer have the credit card. We no longer have the car payment because we were able to downgrade our cars and we paid cash for the cars. So that all of a sudden that frees more money to do different things. So we got the mortgage, we got the investments, the savings, the insurance, the utilities. All of a sudden we end up here because we are living and giving differently. All of a sudden we have this money that we can do with something differently. That instead of consuming it all, we can actually go above and beyond the tithe. We go above and beyond the tithe. That was called the offering, right? All of a sudden we can do that freely because we don't have these other things consuming our lives. Because once again, once we put God first in our lives, everything else comes into order. It's no longer just about me and the things I want. It's all about helping others as well. So all of a sudden, we're here with all this extra money that we can do. Maybe you want to travel and all these things. And the last thing I want you to know about this, maybe. <laughs> Don't eat that piece if you come up to get a piece. Do not eat that piece there. But all of a sudden, we're able to do more and our money goes farther. Because once again, God says, the nine will go way further with my blessing than, than the 10 without it. The 90% will go way further with my blessing than the 100% without it. It's pretty good. Yep. That's good. Every illustration should have cheesecake in it. That's great. So, tithing. It's not about your money. It's about your faith. And tithing is giving God my first and best so he can bless the rest. God's not interested in your leftovers. He's interested in your faith and if you're going to trust him. Are you going to put him first in your life? Are you going to put him, in your, going to put him first in your finances? Do you trust him enough? Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So it starts with a desire to put God first. It starts that realizing once again, when you put God first, everything in your life will be back in order. But when you do not have God first in your life, everything will be out of order. My life was complete chaos. It was so disordered. But I'm thankful there was someone that told me about this. Thankful that someone was willing enough to tell me, hey, when God is first, your life will completely change. Because if that wasn't the case, I would not be here today. Who knows where I would be, actually. But I'm so thankful that someone's willing enough to tell me that, hey, when God is first, everything else will come into order. That first thing's first. If God's first, everything else will come into order. And that's why God sent the prophets. 
to say, hey, return to me. You've gone afar. You're no longer, I'm no longer a priority in your life. But return to me because I know what can be done. I know what I can do in your life. But if you're far away from me, there's nothing I can do until you come back to me. There's a guy here that, that comes to Meadow Church. He's been coming for quite a while. And he has a very similar story to me. He, he grew up going to church. He grew up in a, in a household that, that was a part of a church. But as he got older, just like me, priorities started to change. All of a sudden, God was no longer part of his life. But the craziest thing is, he started coming to Meadows probably when we started up about two years, almost two years ago, a little less. He started giving sporadically. Then he started tithing. And then something truly amazing happened when he started cheerfully giving. He started giving his tithe cheerfully. And there's a difference between the two. Like, you can give your tithe out of obligation and reluctantly, or you can give back cheerfully, joyfully, and that's what God's after. But so he started doing that. And here's a crazy story. For six months, he was an intern at a company. He said he was involved in coding. I'm like, you're a dealer? Like, no, like coding, like, like computer coding. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. You can do that. That's good. But, but he's involved in this. And for six months, he was struggling trying to figure out these problems. The crazy thing is, the last thing I want you to know is that I'm not up here talking that if you start tithing, all of a sudden you get, a, get an airplane, you're going to get a jet, you're going to get a mansion. No, God provides you with your needs, and he can provide you with your needs. And what, what he needed in this moment was answers. He needed wisdom. As soon as he started cheerfully giving, God gave him the answers. Like, just, just truly amazing. God provided him in his need. And not only that, like, the next, very soonly after that, he got a promotion. He just got a, another promotion. And this, is, this happened in a, in, a, in a hiring freeze. So, so, so God is truly amazing. God can do what he wants, and he's able to do whatever he wants. But the amazing thing isn't the promotions. The amazing thing isn't how much money he's made since then. The amazing thing is what he says. Like, I don't, he, he says, I don't have to tithe. I do not have to tithe. I get to tithe. Like, that's a complete different thing. He actually looks forward to it. This is just insane. When he told me this, I didn't believe him. Like, you're lying. You're just saying that just to say it. So he gets paid on Friday like most people. But the check comes in, you know, Friday, 12 a.m. I have no idea why he's up that late. Maybe there's something with codeine. I don't know what he's doing. But he's up super late. But as soon as his paycheck comes in, guess what he does? Like, that is faith, my friends. That is giving God first. And I'm not saying that's something you need to do. I, wouldn't, I can't stay up that late. Are you kidding me? But it's truly his faith that blows me away. That he gives cheerfully. And it's not that he has to do it. He gets to do it. And the transformation in him has been truly just amazing of how he doesn't want to spend money. That's the last thing he wants. He wants to give money. Because once again, once you put God first in your life, you start living and giving differently. And that, my friends, is truly amazing. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 says, Remember this. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly 
so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God is able to bless you abundantly, but it does not say all that you want. Like, he is not here to give you all that you want. He's here to give you all that you need to abound in every good work. Like, for me, the good work was for me to buy the next best thing. Maybe the next iPhone, the next game, who knows what it was. For me, is my wants. is but the next best thing for me. But God is saying, I am able to bless you with all that you need and so that every good work after that so it's not just for me to consume. It's not just for me to, hey, this is all mine. It's No, it's once again, once you put God first in your life, the way you live and give is way different. All of a sudden, you truly love God and love people enough that your finances are no longer yours, but it's your way to be a good steward and you can help others out in their time of need. And I wish, when I was younger, I wish in my college years, I would have known this. I wish my life wasn't so full of consumption I wish my life wasn't so full of just me, 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 me. What can I get next? But instead, I wish I knew that first things need to be first. And when God is first in your life, everything else we put in order. But when God is not first, everything is out of order. Because the majority of my life was chaos. A lot of my life, I was more about hurting people and doing things for myself than helping others out. So I encourage you once again, if you think today is about money, I'm sorry. Today is not about money. It's about putting God first in your life. It's knowing that he loves you so much. And this was a, a key to me understanding this whole giving thing. Like, like we were made in God's image. I don't know if you know, but we were made in God's image. And if you didn't know this, but God is, is a giver. Like God is a giver, that he loved us so much that he first gave. It's when you understand the gospel message that all of a sudden this whole giving thing makes sense. Because if you think about the New Testament, like Jesus did not just give 10% of his life. He gave 100% of his life for each and every one of us. And if you do not know that, if you have not heard that, receive that today in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he is your Savior, that he would do it again, that he would not just give 10% of himself or 20% or 30%. He would give 100% of himself for you every day. And that, my friends, is good news. And that's why when I think about giving, about how much I have been given, all of a sudden I realize that it's not mine anyways. It never was mine to begin with. So maybe that's you today. Maybe God is saying to you, return to me today. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you had a relationship with God, but now all of a sudden you're far from him. Maybe today is the day you say, God, I'm returning to you. I believe in my heart that you're with me, that you forgive me, and I will make you a priority in my life. For all of you, maybe you were like me or maybe like my friend who I talked to earlier, it, that, that maybe you do give, but you don't give consistently. It's more of the leftover giving. Technology is amazing these days. Like, there's so many things I set up on automatic payment, right? My, my YouTube subscription, my, my, my phone bill, all these things I can set up on automatic subscription, right? They can pay automatically. If you're struggling in this area of not putting God first, if you're struggling in the sense that, you know, I just, I just keep forgetting to do it or anything like that, go online, set it up, have it automatically come out of your check, out of your bank account. I like to text it in. You could do that. 
But I encourage you, like, I don't know about you, but I cannot wake up on my own. There's no way. I've been doing this new thing too. I've been waking up like at 4 a.m. I know I'm crazy. I've been waking up at 4 a.m. and then going to work out at 5 a.m. Like, I can't do that on my own. I need my alarm clock. I think some people here need something set up to remind them to get back to God, to make him a priority. Because once again, if you're not intentional with this, it won't happen. It won't become a priority. You'll drift away and forget all about it. Lastly, we already talked about this, but if you need help getting the 100% in order, if you need help figuring out how can I make this happen? How can I? I've never learned how to make a budget. I've never made a budget in my life. I don't even know what a budget means or what it does. If that's you, like you need to get to Financial Peace University. Like you need to be there. If your 100% is complete in complete chaos, get to FPU. It's an amazing class. It's an amazing support system. It's a judgment-free zone. Unlike, oh no, no Planet Fitness is judgment-free, I think, yeah. But, but, but FPU is a place where millions of people have gone through this and have been able to get their finances in order. That means there's hope for you. There's hope for me. Now there's something, if there's a system that works, I can help you get your finances in order. So, your next step, what is that? What is that for you? Making God a priority in your life again? Making giving a priority again? Maybe it's even giving for the very first time, trusting God with your finances. But wherever that is, that know once again that when God's not first in your life, your life will be in chaos. It will be not in order. And God is here today saying, I want to restore your life. I want to restore the chaos that you're in because he loves you so much. Let me pray for us. God, you are so good. We just thank you so much for loving us, for being with us. And God, I wish, I wish I would have put you first long ago. I wish you had been a priority in my life. It would have saved so much heartache, so much chaos in my life, God. I know that today there's someone out there that maybe you are, your life's not in order. Maybe today you're out there like, how can I, how can I, how have I got to this place? How have I gotten to this point in my life? But God, I just pray that you meet them where they're at. You give them your love, your hope, your peace. And I just pray that they know that there's a church here that loves them, that, that, that's here for them. And God, I just pray that we continue each and every day where we're intentional about putting you first in our lives, that we're intentional about loving you first, that putting you first in our lives, and that we continue to keep first things first. In Jesus' name, amen.